When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. On April 9th, one of the most important fights in the welterweight division that you could make with or without a title, it will take place. UFC 273, Jacksonville, Florida, and it will involve Hamzat Shemaya versus our next guest, Gilbert Dorino Burns. Luke Thomas, Brian Campbell, Morning Combat here to talk to none other than you, good sir. How are you doing? Doing great, thank you. We are here in Sanford MMA in sunny South Florida. Let's talk about this fight, Hamzat Shemaya. We'll start there. A lot of people wondering why you took it, because you seem to be much further along in your career, much higher up in the division. Granted, he's got a ton of hype from what's going on, but he's never really even faced anyone like you, much less beat you. Why'd you take it? That wasn't the first option where you, we want to fight Kobe. That was the fight that I was looking for. But then they make the rematch after the rematch, the fight with Jorge. And uh, I knew it would be hard to get an opponent and then when, when he beat Lee Jiliang, I knew the hype was going to get crazy and no one was to fight him. And then I like, I kind of, I don't know, no one was giving me a fight. I wasn't getting a fight. I was just like, I text Ali and say, I want to fight this guy. I think they're going to offer it to me, so I'm already letting you know I want to fight this guy. And we've seen the DM. Yes. We can confirm this. We want to point this out. We saw Gilbert with the timestamp from the day and everything else right after Lee, uh, the last fight with Hamza and Lee Jiang Ling. He literally hits up his manager and goes, I want it. His manager goes, why? <laughs> but you did it. Here, here we well, are. I'll answer it for you. You wanted it because you're a savage. And I say that as a compliment to where you are in your career at this point. Why do you think, though, the rest of the world doesn't want to face Hamza Chamayev at this point, at this moment? A lot of guys want it. I think it's a little controversial because you see the, the new Magni say he wanted. I, I know they asked the fight for Vicente Luca. He said he wanted. Luca Rockhold said he wanted. Uh, I for sure a lot of guys don't want it, but he, he just, the way I see it, we both want to fight. For sure he's a little bit behind, but we kind of asking to get an opponent. No one, no one shows up. We're just like, I'm putting my hands up. The guy's putting his hands up over there. We're just like, I fight you, let you know, let's do it. Uh, what is he, g give me the scouting report. Imagine I hadn't seen him fight and you could tell me all about him. How do you how do you evaluate him as a fighter and as an opponent? I think he's a very good fighter. I think uh, he's, he's, he's wrestling. I think he's, 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 he's best straight. For sure, he got, 
he got power in his hands. When the guy has one knockout, yeah, but when he has more than one with one punch, for sure the guy has has power on his hands and he can grapple. I don't think he's the high level he's grappling, but good control, good ground and pound. I think I and and he, he has that thing that I used that I had before. Whenever you never lost and you feel a little bit untouchable, you invincibility. feel invincibility. Invincible, you feel like I like that. I like that confidence that he has. And uh, I've been there. I was like that, and I, and I lost to a guy that was very experienced, very calm, Rashid Magomedov in Brazil. He just put me in a place that I was never, I never felt, you know, like things wasn't working. And I think he can brought the same to this guy. What, when you say his grappling, he's overall very, very good, but his grappling isn't necessarily there. But what we've seen, granted, you're the expert, but what we've seen is he's been running over, dude. So what would you say is, give me a sense of his ground game. What's good about it? What maybe do you think is some other areas? I there? think he's very long and he used that very, very good. He combined that, the, the wrestling, the takedowns with the advancing position. He does a good job. His arms are very long. He does a good job with the with Dars and Anaconda. He got those chokes very good. A good control on the top. Uh, he gets the back very good. He has a good, very easy, takes the back, you know, controlling with the, with the long legs. Uh, we're gonna test him on bottom. We're gonna test a little bit more defense. We're gonna test getting up a couple of times. Uh, a lot of a lot of things that I, I want to see. He have he he does have the answer, you know, like on the grappling aspect, getting up, getting out of balance, getting you know, attacks from the different angles, from neck, arm bars, triangle, uh, leg locks, sweeps, get-ups. I want to, especially when you when you face a guy that's able to mix all of that, it's not just a sweep. It's a sweep, it's not working. He's getting underneath, it's not, if it's not working, then we go into a leg. If it's not working, we push it, we get up. Like, I want to see when the guy combine all that, how he can answer. We've seen in the news cycle, you say, Okay, you respect what Chumayev brings to the here, but you, you think you can take advantage of it. But true or false, you're bringing in some super top secret Russian grapplers mm -hmm. and you're not disclosing the names. They might be here. They might be hiding the, behind that, the, the, the pads. That was there. at their request, correct? They requested to remain yes. anonymous. So what is not in your game completely that you're hoping this ad to this training camp does to prepare you to defeat Chumayev? A couple things that they put on my game, especially the, the, the cage control in the... And a lot of things too, the way I see is I need to get a long guy, wrestler, like not a, not a wrestler, not an American wrestler, but a Russian wrestler with a Russian system, like trying to take me down, hold on to my legs, control long. So the way I see, I need to be in that position a couple of times to get comfortable, even if it's a bad position, but I need to feel that many times in my training camp and then, start getting the answers. And sometimes, um, first time I didn't get the answer, like, man, I feel very uncomfortable. And then I was kind of getting better into that, seeing, visualizing, seeing the position, studying. And uh, that's what I need for, for these guys. Like, especially nowadays, you know, I, I, I spar many times. I, I did, I grapple many times. So now what I want to see when, when I do have a fight coming up, I want to get to get as close as I can to what I'm facing. If I'm facing freaking new Magni, I'm gonna bring a tall, if we don't have here sample, I'm gonna bring a, a, a tall guy, lanky, moving good, good boxing, good takedowns. If I'm fighting uh, Sean Brady, I wanna bring a small guy, very strong, like- Lots of to tattoos. Me, a lot of, yeah, <laughs> like that way. 
I think nowadays that I have a lot of experience to go through a camp, get very confident going through, I need to bring a guy to do very similar to things that I'm facing. Russian so, mystery men. I wonder so, if it's Habib and Fedor. It's definitely not Habib and Fedor. Uh, but the question I want to have is this. I know you can't tell us everything, but try to give us just a sense of things. What do the Russians do in terms of how they wrestle that is so different from the Americans? Okay. I think uh, they mastering the, the cage control more than Americans, you know? And when I see a Russian sometimes, I think, man, those guys are very strong. They do a lot of energy. They ver they're not. They're not, they're not physically super strong? No, they're very technical in the cage. They, they don't waste a lot of energy. They're very smart, and they have a little sequence. They go to a single, single's not working, go back to the body, go back to a single. Like, it's just making gas a lot more, and then they get good hips, good grips, good head position. It's the, they, I like to say they have a system that, that they've been doing for a long time, and it's not a secret, but they're doing that very good, and whenever they go to the floor, they positioning very good to get a ground and pound. And one of the things that we have when you take the guy down as a grappler, as a wrestler, sometimes you just want to hold control first, but then apply damage. But they do a very good thing, controlling the hips, controlling the legs. Then you don't have legs, you don't have your hips. That, that, those are your, your big muscles right here. Whenever they control, then it's easy to do a ground and pound. I think they developed that system so good. And we didn't pay attention too much. I mean, we did, but a couple Russians are not that good, but we got a couple Russians like Khabib, a couple Dagestani, like Islam Makachev, and a couple other guys, they do very good, but it's very simple they do, you know? And then, for me, the difference was the amount of energy. They don't spend a lot of energy. They're very smart. Well, he, he's 35, but he's a young 35. He's gonna be 36 in July. I'm an old and, and he's got two kids. I can't even eat out of a gas station anymore. What are the stakes, though? Because of the buzz, okay, it's a gamble to fight this version of Chimaev. No one really knows how good, but it cl it's clear you're being opportunistic. You want to take advantage of that buzz. Do you think a win over Chimaev gets you directly back in the title picture? Uh, maybe. I don't think. It, it, it all depends on the performance, to be very honest with you. I would like to say yes, but maybe. Has the UFC said anything to you about it? Uh, I heard Dana saying if it makes sense, the winner going to, but that that opinion can change it every time i wonder you know? if, it, if if he defeats you he may be on the way to a title I, shot maybe but i once again i think everything depends on the performance if we, any one of us go there and do a spectacular performance for sure title shot but if it goes different than we're everyone expecting me going hard he's going crazy and then one guy getting the finish but it might not go that way, you know, it might get a little and split decision win. I don't think either one going to. This to is a, a very level headed show. fighter. Yeah. Most of the time we talk to fighters and you get you understand like they're it's only positive. It's only yes. It's only affirmative thinking. Wish. You're kind of <laughs> you're what you, it's interesting at 35. You seem to understand how to balance all of these competing difficulties and interests, right? Well, he knows the business now. You, he's, he's do, you, do you feel that way? Like you're a senior in this sort of game, so to speak. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't mean it that way. I don't mean old. What I mean to say is you have graduated yeah. past other yeah. newer Yeah, I've, I've been there a couple of times and I've, I see things. I, a title shot can never be promised. Like, you got to earn. So me going there against these guys, like you said, is a little gamble. But I like the risk and I like the rewards. Beating sure. these guys, a lot of eyes on me, a lot of people seeing. Beat these guys and get a finish title shot. If you're not, maybe Kobe on the way. That's the way you see it. I mean, but with, 
you see Colby and Jorge fighting in a steak restaurant? Right down the road. What, what's your take on that? Because you know when, where, where Jorge's from. You know when he says, when I see you and you talked about my children, it's on. Yeah, I mean, Colby has like, he's been poking the bear for all this time. It was due, right, in a way. I think, yes, yeah, some, some crazy might happen to these guys. A lot of talking, a lot of, I mean, I, I kind of got caught up a little bit on that, like trying to talk so much, it's not me. I'm, I'm a fighter, I like to fight, I love to fight. And sometimes I was kind of passing my, my even values a little bit to get a fight. I remember I talked a lot of crap about Leon Edwards, why this guy, but... You know, I pass guy, my own values to put out a good show each week. I know, I know where so, you're going. But he's not me, but I respect. If you want to say whatever you want to say, say, but it might get dangerous, you know, at some point. But I don't want to pass my values to just to get a fight, to get more money. You know? I, I respect that. I don't, don't want to do it. You're top ranked for a reason. Off that title loss to Kamara Usman, you come back against Wonderboy Thompson and you, you put on a clinic. I mean, that was a, a stark reminder of, of where you still are. How much does the loss to the champ, though, still eat at you, considering you had him hurt, you had him on the ropes in the first round? How much does that still just grind the gears every morning, every night? Especially since you started off so hot in that yeah. fight. Uh, to be honest, I'm over there already. I was. Uh, it was a great experience. Was to be honest, it was very good experience. It was a lot of good, a lot of bad, but it was my journey. You know, I just gotta accept that. And then I I rewatched that fight like over, I don't know, over a hundred times for sure. Okay, what happened then? What happened in your eyes? Yeah, walk us through in your mind what went right, what went wrong. I was very emotional going to the fight. To be honest, in the first thing, that was the that was the first mistake. Like you wanted to get at Kamaru or you were like, you didn't know how you were going to feel about it? I didn't know how I was, how I was going to feel it, how I was going to feel about it. But he said something on the, on the pre-fight that got to my head a little bit. And then I was so mad that he got to my head. What was it? Can you tell us? Yeah, he was, he said something like, uh, I think Brett Okamoto asking, hey, so he got trained together so many times. So the coach saw that training, the training partner saw that training. They know who's gonna win. And then he said, yeah, for sure they know who's gonna win. And then I like, and then I was there, I was like, oh, you see who's gonna win. <laughs> and, and that, on the beginning, that put a fire on me that I thought was good, but wasn't good. That motivation come from angry, come from, the, from the other place. A lot of people say angry is good. Yeah, it's good whenever you control it. But whenever the fight started, I want to get to him, you know, and then I did. But whenever I got and I landed that hand, most of the times I'm very comfortable throwing, seeing you going down, thinking next one, maybe one step back and keep that combination. Whenever I throw that right hand and I saw the other hand, it was just, I saw it was a lot of angry on it. And I felt that, oh shit, I'm like, I gotta calm down. But then I was, the anger just kind of took over a little bit and then I was very emotional. But I realized, oh, I need to get, I'm out of control. I kind of felt that. And that was very hard to, it's, it's kind of like a train going out of the trail. It was very hard for me to go back to the trail, especially I have a couple guys on my corner that helped me to get back to my trail. That's Daniel, Kami Barzini and Henry. Kami and Henry wasn't there because they, they, they trained with Kamara, so as a respect, he wasn't there. So it was just Daniel to try to pull me back, and it was very hard to pull me back. And when I was out of that trail, it was very hard to come back, and then Kamara was very smart, and he kind of took advantage on that. 
and I think he did a good job, but it was, was just me mentally not in the moment, like on, not kind of clear mind on the moment, you know. Okay. He, in the story of your mind, because I like where you say, I think I needed that loss. Like that's part yes, of your story. 100% And, and I to hear the lessons yeah, that you I learned, you executed those lessons against Wonderboy. We saw where you're at. Um, does the story end in your mind going through Kamaru again? Is that important to you? Uh, not really. Uh, I have two goals in the UFC. And one I'm already making that the first goal is to fight the best guys in the world. It's not just beat this guy, get an easy fight. I don't want, I don't want that. That's number one goal is to fight the best guys. Whenever I go out, I want to see my resume and you know, I'm like, oh, for everybody. <laughs> Like, like RDA. Like yeah, like RDA. Just like RDA. And then I'm like, oh, man, that guy for everybody. Like, Vanderlei, see, when you look at Pride, that guy for everybody. And I want to become a champion. Those are my clear two goals in the UFC. Doesn't have to be nothing against, I don't have nothing against Kamara. He was just here today. He helped me out a couple. Did he really? Yeah, he was. He helped I'm so me glad out. to hear that. You guys are going to see in the video. He helped me out a couple, in a couple rounds. And we have a good relationship. And I have tremendous respect just just because you beat me on a good day. I was in a good day. For sure, I was a little angry, but physically, technically, I was sharp, bro. I almost finished that guy. I remember I went out of the fight. My shin was big because of the head kick. My knee was sore because of the knee. I threw a knee on his face. Right hand, I, I threw a lot of things on that guy, and then he beat me even with all of that. So I have a lot of respect. It's nothing personal, it's nothing against him. I want to become a champion. If he's holding the belt, yeah, we're going to do a rematch. But I don't have that, oh, i got to beat these guys. Well, hopefully you were nice enough to say, hey, champ, the Canelo idea, not a good idea, bro. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, just Did you tell him that's a bad idea? Uh, no. No, that, that's a payday, so. It's yeah. a huge payday. Yeah, it's so a why, huge. Why, why how about, though, how about Connor saying he can beat Kamora? I was like, well. There's not a big payday. I'm happy for Kamara, you know, so. Do you think Connor gets that chance, do you, this Dana White privilege at thing? At 170, you? at 170. Not right now. He got to do a little work, I think. And a lot of people ask to me, like, what do you think about Connor? I still think he can do very good, but he, he got to make a big change, you know, like. Yeah. You know, you know what, you know what changed Masvidal? Changing when he went to the freaking uh, the, the survival. He's kind of like a survival, right? But yep. it's Latino survival. Right, right, right. Whenever he went now, if if Connor asked me, like, what do you think? I would say, bro, just freaking go away. Go to a freaking, don't need to be a mountain, but go to a freaking mountain, get all your training, out of freaking social media, out of freaking whiskey, go train, go back to your roots, you know, gather your teammates, get your team, stay there for freaking five, six months, and I think he can come back, you know, but if you have a lot of yes, man, and I don't think he's going to come back. But if he does, if he really want that change and come back, I think he can do it. But you're going to eat the price to that, I believe. Did the loss to Kamaru, it's changed your mentality. Indeed. It sounds like it also trained, uh, changed your approach to how camps should be structured. Is that a fair point as well? Like all of that stems from that one event? Yes, it changed a lot of things. Uh, I, I, I had to do a lot of mental change first i need to understand why he got to my head you know why why did i feel offended because he said he's gonna beat me like why should i feel offended on that because i wasn't believing myself or something so i gotta dig deep dig very deep on that and and understand why i feel uncomfortable with the guy saying he's gonna beat me he's a fighter 
You're supposed to say that, You're supposed that, right? to say that. Like, why I'm going to feel offended? Because uh, he does his opinion affect me like that. Like, it shouldn't affect. So, and then I dig deep on that, and I got, I got a couple answers. It wasn't easy, but I got a couple answers. And, uh, yeah, he changed a lot the of things. The best answers are the hardest ones to take. All right, how about Hamzat Chemaev, who is a trash talker, loves to try to use intimidation, has... He attempted at all. Does, is there text messages? Is he so? Is he sliding in your DMs? How has that yeah. build gone for you so far? It is what it is. You know, I think I I learned so much with that Kamaru Usman fight that it's gonna be very hard to get a guy going through my head and changing what I'm thinking. If we like this guy, what do you think he says is gonna be easy? Whatever. If he, if he says it's gonna be easy, nice to him. Think it's gonna be hard, nice. To, to get those tough answers, did you talk to Henry? Did you talk to a sports psychologist? I, I have a sports psychologist there. It was hard. Like it took me, to be honest, wasn't wasn't quick. It was a process, you know. And then, and then she knows me. I've been working with her after I lost to. Michelle Brazier is back in 2000. Long time ago. Yeah. 17, I think, 18 in Brazil. 17. I started working with her. She, she was already working with Vicente Luque. And then he approached, hey, you should try her. She's very good. And then I started working with her. And then I like it. And then after that fight, we every, after every, every fight that I do, we do evaluation tests. Win or lose? Win or lose. We do an evaluation test. And then we go, oh, how was the training camp? How was the. She, freaking 45 questions maybe more and then how was the training camp how was this how was the preparation and then how was your mentality going and then we start finding things out and then whenever she she knew already when she she found out it was very hard to say it to me it wasn't hard but i was trying to get it but i was open but was i wasn't seeing it yet and then she was so was my saying me read that thing here Give me the good points. Give me what you understand. And then I was reading them. Oh, shit. And then I was getting a couple things. And then it took me like freaking two months. Off. Because you were in, like, what was the hard part about the transition? Was that you had to reevaluate how you looked at yourself? Something like that? Therapy's not easy, dude. No, it's not. I've been in it. Trust me. It's it wasn't not easy. easy. And then I, it, I, it got to a point. That I was overconfident going to the fight. I knew I was going to beat Kamaru Usman. And then I didn't respect the, the thing that he knew me a lot. And uh, that couple of my coaches wanted to be there. I was a little bit overconfident. I'm just like, I'm going to walk to him. I'm going to throw a lot of heat on him. He's going to get uncomfortable. and He's going to do what? Shoot or whatever. He's going to take me down. And then the fight's going to start. You know, I'm going to do a lot of offensive from the bottom. A lot of shit. That, that's what was kind of was going through my head and then I'm like, I never thought a jab, a, right, a good right hand, a jab is gonna stop me. And then I was very over, there was too much, that was invincible thing that I wasn't alert enough to, oh, that guy can hit me, you know? I was just, and, and we, the, but the great thing was we, I was able to understand why I felt that way when that started changing. And another thing too, when, whenever you go to a title fight, is a lot of opportunity, you know. And then has another thing that has to to be with that too. I can't. I came from a very humble beginning. I hate to be kind of put me as a victim, but I did came from that. And whenever I saw a lot of opportunity, I would just want to take every single one. You know? I want to ask you about that. So you grew up in Rio under difficult circumstances in Brazil. Yet your household 
produces two UFC fighters, you, your brother Herbert, and... His other brother is a uh, decorated uh, military officer. Navy SEAL. Navy yeah. SEAL. What's, what's your other brother's name? Fred. Fred. Yeah. Uh, Fred's doing big, big stuff as well. What was it about your environment as a child uh, and, and the challenges you went through that produced this, this thick skin, this toughness, this, I say it as a compliment, a savage ability to go after dangerous opportunities and, 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 and achieve them? To be honest, I do believe that was the only way, you know, was uh, was tough, wasn't, wasn't miserable, wasn't starving, was tough, but was happy on the same time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whenever you had something, the celebration was the best. Like, I don't, I don't feel like I miss a lot. I for sure miss little things here and there, but I was happy as a kid, you know, I never understood, but Whenever it got to a point, I remember whenever I started doing jiu-jitsu, I remember the first was the thing that happened that my dad saw an opportunity, he trained, get paid to to our to we, me and my brother start training. But whenever we got back home, it's crazy because I remember my dad, crazy, I was freaking. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 11 years old and I remember my dad saying like, if you really want to train, if you like it, you, you try to be the best, you got to go hard. Otherwise, in three months, no more scholarship, I don't have money to pay. So those little things that, that got into you and then I know if I don't, I'll work, if I don't go hard, if I don't give my it best. It built the drive in you. But, but not to jump over that, is it true that your father repaired cars for a living and he, he had an opportunity to repair the car of a jujitsu instructor and traded Training for his sons. That's a great and, dad, and, man. That was it. Yeah. How about how about pops right there? That's a great move. No, great guy. Like a lot of and a lot of a lot of ups and downs for me through through to the growing up. That was a, a good point that changed me and my brother's life. We three black belts. We all three of you. All three, I know you're, uh, the yeah, younger brother is. And, and the and the the oldest one is he's the one that started. Like he kind of paved the way for me and my brothers. Even that he took a different path, but. We, that gene that took us called Oriente Jiu-Jitsu is still there, very big in, on Niterói, my city. And they were affiliated with Nova Union. Hmm. So what happened was Tuesdays and Thursdays, we started going to Nova Union. Is that when Jose Aldo was there? Jose Aldo just came right a little bit after. So I saw Jose Aldo coming, but my older brother was a sparring partner from Shaolin, Vitor Shaolin Ribeiro, yeah. when Shaolin was fighting. And I was looking all that, and then I saw my brother is a blue belt. I was maybe yellow belt, orange belt, and my brother was going like 
like slapping hands, takedowns with Shaolin. Shaolin was beating the crap out of my brother. <laughs> but he loved it that my brother would keep going. Then sometimes he just, I remember back then we had nothing. And then he gave my brother a hunter. Remember those hunter shorts? He gave my brother hunter shorts. And then my brother was so happy. And then we going every Tuesday, Thursday. And then I saw T-Bao sleeping in, in, in the gym and then after a little bit came Jose out, all these guys. So me seeing these guys as very young, dude. And another thing too, like I had my daddy for sure and my brother kind of paving the way, kind of gave, gave, set an example, but I saw Vitor Shaolin training so hard. And then I was there with a freaking orange belt. Whenever they were done training, he said, oh, now you can come and train with me. And then he was the one that he didn't even know, or maybe he knew, but he was the one that pushed my style a little bit because he said- Vitor, Shaolin. Shaolin, because whenever he was done, he was always, everybody was done, that guy's keep training, he keep training. And then he was, okay, now you can come and train with me, but if you stop, I'm, not gonna, I'm never gonna train with you again. So he developed me going forward, right? chasing, from going. So you were driven, you were driven by the idea that this could be the ticket out, and if I don't give everything I have, I'm gonna lose yes. it. Did you know it was a ticket out or did you just like it? Both. I knew if I didn't train hard with Shaolin, he, he would never train with me again. I know if I wasn't working, I would lose. So it was kind of like a, a fear with the drive on the same time, you know? Well, you became a respected UFC lightweight fighter and one of the most decorated grapplers in the world. But that transition that happened to you upon moving up to welterweight, we've talked about a lot, especially ahead of your title shot, about what that did. Physically not having to cut that weight has to be a big deal. You know, Luke said first thing we walked in, I have no idea how you made 155 back this in the day. Shocking. shocking. What else though about that change in your career when you went on that win streak? What else changed in your life that fueled that? Changed a lot of things. I think I was, I was punishing my body so much to get to, a, to perform, you know, I was just killing my body. I remember I was running every day whenever I got a call that I'm fighting. And then whenever it passed, like last three weeks, it was every other day running just to make the weight and training. How much were you eating a day at that time? Not much, bro. Like not a thousand calories maybe? Yeah, somewhere? maybe a little bit more than that, but. Not much? Not much at all, but the stress was too much. A lot of things was too much. I couldn't get a fight. I remember UFC offered me short notice. Oh, you want to fight these guys in three weeks, four weeks, and it was a good fight. And then like, no, I can't. Just because you couldn't make the weight. I'm not going to make the weight. Yeah. And then, and then my last fight at 155 was here in Florida. And I had my nutritionist, Brazilian guy, freaking high level, Marcelo Ferro. He's very under, under the lights. He has Instagram, but don't use it as much. But he works on the labs. He does a lot of things. He worked with a lot of good guys in Brazil back in the days. And he saw my weight cut. And then when he saw it, he was just like, you cannot do that anymore. <laughs> he said, you know what keeps you alive is yourselves. And you're killing a lot of yourselves yeah. with that. And I look at your eyes, and I remember my last weight cut here in Florida against uh, Mike Davis when Jacare fought Jack Hermerson. You won that contest. I won that fight, but wow. I remember I got, I was 180 on the fight week. For a 155 For a 155. And then I cut, I can, I can sweat a lot. I still, I do believe it can make 155. I cannot fight, I cannot perform, but go to the scale and make the, I can make 155. I'm, I'm not gonna be able to fight. I have no chain and, but mentally going to the weight cut, I can make. 
So I knew I was going to make it. It was brutal, it was hard, a lot of hot baths and things. And when he saw me, he was just like, you're not gonna do that anymore. That's your last mm -hmm. fight. And my wife agreed with him and all the coaches. And then I win that fight. And then I was just like, yeah, I'll call Ali, call the UFC, say I'm gonna fight at 170. And then whenever I make that decision, talk to my coach, everybody, it's about time. No, <laughs> not one coach say, you're crazy. Every single one, finally. Okay, now, okay, now we talk, everybody. And after that decision, whenever I called the UFC and, and said that, well, my next fight is gonna be a welterweight, I wanna change, it wasn't like, and I, back training, then I can kind of relax a little bit in my week. My weight, always when I make 55, my weight was blowing up. Like after I just got very big, like 200, 198. Whenever I decided that, I didn't blow up. I wasn't craving nothing. I was at 190. <laughs> after that, I back. I was back in training and I just got a call. Hey, you want to fight this Russian dude? He's even here. She's training here now, Alexei Kunchenko. Yeah, you won that one as well. When I fight the Russian dude, 20 and 0 in two weeks, and I say, two weeks? One I can make 170. <laughs> and I remember I was driving to Orlando. My kid had a Orlando Open to compete in Jiu-Jitsu. Yep. I was driving, and then on the way we stopped, and we stopped, you know where we stopped? Wendy's? Hooters. Five Guys. Five Guys. We stopped at Five what's a, Guys. What's a Gilbert Burns Five Guys burger? Walk us through. Whew. Double cheeseburger, two patties, and <laughs> oh my I like I like the vegetables, but I put everything. I like yeah, tomato. Awesome. I put, and I was eating that burger, and the freaking Ali FaceTimed me, and then I was just like, "What's up, bro? <laughs> you want to fight these dudes? See, what do you think? I don't know him. No, I think he's more stand up. Take a look." And then I took a look, and I remember literally was eating that burger, fries, and then, I, and then I called Harry, and they, I like that fight. What do you think? Two weeks. Uruguay, Vicente's fighting there already, Mike Perry, let's go, let me take a look. Yeah, and then I talked to Carl, my coach, and we decided to take that fight and we took it. All right, it may have taken until the Damian Maya knockout win or the you know Woodley win for people to go, oh crap, this guy's a legitimate welterweight title contender. What was the fight for you that it was like proof of concept that you at welterweight could potentially do some damage here at the rankings? Two fights. I don't think it was even the Damian Maia. I think it was the first fight. Because in two weeks, I beat the guy that was 20-0 undefeated, freaking Russian tough. Tough dude in the Gunnar Nelson fight. Because yeah. it was the same thing. After one month, I got a call again. Two weeks notice, now in Denmark. You want to say, yeah, for sure I won it. It wasn't that bad. Last one, now I'm on a better shape. I wait if I can do it. And after that good else, every, everything started changing. You know, I remember I went to Vegas, to the Quintet. I grappled there when... Kicked ass too, yeah. When Kamaru fought Kobe the first time, and then I was talking to Sean, I was annoying Sean. Like, yeah. I was texting, he, he, he was mad that he gave me his phone. Like, then Sean was, Shelby, give me that hey, title shot. UFC matchmaker Sean Shelby. Yeah. I want to notify, I want to notify. Hey, I'm ready. It, it, someone pulled out, I would just... And then when we were there at the Quintet, I said, bro, give me another fight. And then he said, no, I'm going to give you a rank opponent next. Because after I beat Gunnar, Gunnar was just out of the fight. They put me at 15, 14. I became ranked, and they said, I'm going to give you a ranked opponent. And then he was going through the ranking. A couple guys was kind of busy. A couple guys saying no. And then he said, you want to fight Damian Meyer? I said, for sure, I want to fight Damian Meyer. <laughs> a lot of respect that he owed to me, but for sure, I want to fight Damian Meyer. I think we're gonna get that fight done. And then took, took, 
that November, he said that the fight was just in March. It took a little while to, to they get the fight done, but the fight got done. And then the knockout was a big thing, and then the wood of the fight. But I think the Gunnar Nelson fight was the story. Then you couldn't be denied. Luke, I don't, you know, I have to bring this up because when we walked into this beautiful facility that you did say, because you're the protector here of all things Bushido and good practice. Yeah, I just try not to be a jerk. You said, uh, BC, you know, you're going to have to take your shoes off. Yeah. And Luke, you know, I, I, I live a certain style code that I didn't wear socks. Yes, it's called toe fungus. And at first I was a little bit embarrassed. But here's the thing about guys like Dorino and myself. He wears that. You're nothing alike. He wears that cauliflower ear like a badge on his sleeve because he earned it, it tells the journey of how he got here. He didn't get cauliflower disgust, ear from not showering. My disgusting toes, which were of a of a lifetime of of you know of of climbing, of of of, of get you know of okay. persevering. All right. When you look at my toes, what do you think, Gilbert? Besides nausea. <laughs> I figure she get it done. She go to a manicure and get it done soon. Gilbert, let me ask two, two questions for me, and we, and we could probably call it here. But first thing I want to know is, you, you say what the stakes are here. You stop a guy like Chimaev. You stop the hype train. Uh, but there might be more to it. The odds came out. And I know you're going to say you don't care, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not asking you to care. But what I would say is they have him at a minus 400, which to me seems outrageous. Now, obviously, he's running a ton of hype, and the betters or the odds makers, they put the line in a certain way so they can get money. Nevertheless, as much as we might respect you and all the hardcores respect you infinitely, do you feel like a win like this might reassert you, not merely as a title contender, but as like, I don't know, outside of what the two guys at the top have done, Colby and Kamaru, do you feel like this is a chance to reassert yourself as a dominant force after the Thompson win, after the loss to Kamaru, like sort of really putting your stamp on the division again. Yeah, I do think it makes a, a big statement, you know, especially stopping this guy, not just beating, but just the, the best scenario that I see is that guy taking me down and then I'm getting up and then I'll grapple him and then he takes me down again, I'll grapple him and then eventually getting the finish. It's not gonna just be that lucky punch, that lucky thing. It's gonna be like, oh, he all wrestled the guy. The guy wrestled him, he defended, he got back up, he did these. And then he got to finish. And then I think that made that type of statement. Like, and like you said, I don't mind people make those odds. Like, yeah, but it that's doesn't insulting. change. It's, cr it's crazy. crazy. That's my, minus, look, if he was the favorite, I'd be okay with it, whatever they are, what they are. But minus 400 is just disrespectful. Yeah, I get it. I get it because uh, Dan Hooker fought. They just put myself like losing for Dan Hooker a couple of years ago. Uh, they put my fight with Kamaru, so they they think these and that. They see the weakness, they see the little things, they see a loss. And this guy, they just see like, wow, Darren Till, these guys, these, oh, you know, like all the hype and, and Dana White, oh, this guy's a murderer. So, yeah, I get it, the odds, but you don't change, you know, I'm, I'm like, I got those questions. If you fight Kobe, if you fought, I'm gonna throw with the same intensity. I'm gonna try to knock someone out. Even if it's freaking Damian Meyer, nice guy, Gunnar Nelson, I'm gonna try to get a finish. He, he, that type of a, of a odds, or I'm not looking for the respect. I'm looking for, for getting a finish, you know? And, and like, again, I got back to my goals. I wanna fight the best guys. I wanna beat the best guys, and I wanna become a champion. It doesn't, those little things that don't let distract me as much, you know, it just, it is what it is. We're gonna, we're gonna find out. All right, what if UFC matchmakers called you up and said, let's say you beat Chimaev. 
so you get past that hurdle. They say, we can either give you another title shot or we can give you Conor McGregor and make you a household name and give you your biggest payday, I'm going to assume, by a lot. At this point in your career, which one do you take? I don't know. I'm not going to say no for those, you know, for a big payday, but to be honest with you, not lying to yourself, I want to become a champion more than I want that payday, big pay. I want to become a champion. Like, let, let, not even comparing, but let's go to a freaking Dustin Poirier position and I'll be freaking mad if instead of five for the title, win that title, I fuck Connor, make all that money. I was still missing something, you know, like my, my goal is to become a champion for sure. I want to pay day as well, but that's a shadow. That, that's, that's not the goal. If I want to be, I want to make like a big money, I'll be on freaking stock market. I will do something different. But my goal right now is, it is fight the best guys in the world. And I, and I, I believe Shimaev is one of these best guys in the world. And I want to become He's a, a real one, Luke. Remember yeah. that song by Paul Cole, yeah. Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? Gone? Right, here. Right, right fucking here, all right, dude? I know you're not living for this. I know this is not why you compete. You compete for yourself and your family and all those other reasons. But on Sunday morning, after the fight, what do you want the MMA community to say about you? <laughs> that's the thing I don't... <laughs> you don't care? I don't care. Like As long as you get your hand raised, that's really, that's, that's it. That's it, that's it. And then they can say whatever they want, a couple guys. And... It's so much hate out there, you know, it's so much, for sure it's a lot of love too, but it's so much hate, it's so much fake, it's so much that I don't expect nothing. You can say whatever you want, like, the what, like, if I would change your question, like, what do I want my wife to say, my kids to say, my coach to say, my friends to say? Yes. I want it to be, man, that was a good performance, it don't matter if I lose, if I won't. Oh man, you freaking show up and you you did your best, like, and that's that's the ultimate thing for me. It's not the media, it's not the, the Brazil. It's, for sure, I love I love my country. For sure, I see what the media says, but this is not the most important thing. Like the most important thing is my coach, my 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 family, my teammates, the guys that saw all the work that I put and I show up and those guys be man, I'm very proud of you. You did that. Boom, that's it. I'm inspired. Yeah, me too, actually. I'm actually surprised. I, I, I knew you were, were smart and level-headed, but this is this isn't interesting. All right, last one for me. Is your family going to the fight? Yes, for sure. Have they been to fights before? For sure, a couple yeah. of times. They the, were, the little ones too? Yeah, the little ones. They, they love them. Apparently. They know all the fighters. They have the they have the cards. They they love Adesanya. They love Francis Ngannou. Do they ever love any of your opponents? They, they what? Do they ever love any of your opponents? They like Kamar. Kamar was here. My yeah. kids were here today. So they like Kamar. The little one got mad at Kamar. Said, I'm going to geek his bros when he saw him. <laughs> and then, like, two months after, he saw Kamar and the big one said, Go, Kamar is there. You say you're going to geek his balls. said, No, I'm not going to geek him. I was just mad at him because he beat daddy. But I like him. He's a nice guy. I like Samira too. Samira is Kamar's daughter. So, but they were there. They were there when they fought Dan Hooker. They know who Dan Hooker is. They said, that guy beat you. Daddy, he throw a knee on you. Oh, he, I had a big cut right here because of Dan Hooker. Remember, they, he cut you after the fight, and then you got stitches. And I said, yeah, I remember that stitch hurt. But it's part of my journey. Daddy, le Daddy learned so much. You know that, right? I said, yeah, we know. You got better after that and this and that. And they, so <laughs> they know. They know Dan Hooker. They know Adesanya. They, they've, they've been a big fan of Adesanya. 
uh, uh, Francis Ngano, Max Holloway, they follow everybody. So they've been a couple of my fights. They, they were there when they fought Steven Thompson. Mm. And now they're growing up nine and seven. They want to go every single fight. And then I have my guy that do, does my suit right here, Mike Russell. Yeah. He's going to make it same suit for the kids too. Oh, so that's it's, awesome. It's be nice. That's it's awesome. Be looking good, good for you. Gilbert, I was thinking, though, that we'll just we'll call it cauliflower toe. Because it, it, what it means is I've, you know, I've, I've kicked a lot of ass through the nice. Can you believe I've tied my professional fortunes to this mongoloid? It's unbelievable. Um, Gilbert Burns going after that prize. Yes, he is. Daring to be great. Hamza Chumayev in the way. UFC 273, Jacksonville, Florida. We're going to find out some key important answers to some big questions as your story continues. Best of luck to you, brother. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you.